Welcome to Day Zero Update for January 21st, 2024. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. I'm Brandon Parkins. And I'm Daniel Victorio. And yeah, we've got a busy week this week of news. Um, a bunch of games got dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, some uh, a little more vague, but, uh, you know, we got what we got. Uh, we got one game's long-running DLC ending here yep. pretty soon. Uh, we got a very dumb lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so. And uh, even though it's uh, the third week of 2024, uh we still got a bunch of layoffs going on as companies yeah. have not taken the, the early part of the year off at all. Nope. Uh, and then we got the, the developer direct, uh, the Xbox developer direct uh, uh-huh. to talk about uh, a little bit of the stuff that's there. Yep. Not too much. Five games. Uh, but we'll talk about that stuff later. But before we get to that stuff, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, and I'll kick it off here. I've been playing a good bit of Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Yeah. The, the newest game in that series that is um, taken the uh, the mechanics of the the more recent titles, the action focus, heavy platformer stuff, and kind of turning into a Metroid style game, mm-hmm. uh, very much with a maybe a lot of influence from Metroid Dread in that, mm. but uh, with a, a lot more focus on accessibility and kind of being more friendly to the player. Mm-hmm. than the Metro games typically are. Uh, there are options for, you know, difficulty, but you can also customize that to uh, increase your damage to the enemy damage and mm. uh, all that kind of stuff to make it uh, fit the way that you uh, are able to play, uh, especially being able to, like, open up the uh, the windows for parries and that kind of stuff. Uh, to make that easier if that's your thing, or you can make it tighter to make it even more of a challenge if you want. Uh, so that's uh, some really cool stuff to have here. I think the the only accessibility stuff I've seen that's not there for whatever reason, there's a need for colorblind options or better ones. As I've seen, I think Jeff Gersman, who was basically saying you couldn't tell the difference between the two different like color uh, like ring sets uh, appear around attacks. There's yellow and then red. You could not see the difference between them in any meaningful way. And I don't think any of the the typical kind of colorblind options in there uh, work out for him uh, either way. And it's like, yeah, you should probably just let people set that stuff independently to what works for them versus trying to create, you know, profiles that supposedly work for you know the the major types of it. Uh, because it's, it seems like that's just, uh, from what I've seen Jeff say a lot, is that it never really seems to fix the issues that he has with seeing stuff in games when they make things color-specific uh, for that stuff. And uh, uh, the other one that kind of sticks out really easily early on is the lack of auto-advance for dialogue in the game. They have a lot of voice dialogue in the game that... Um, I would probably like more if it could more easily just kind of auto advance, much like any JRPG and whatnot uh, happens. But this one just does not have that, and it kind of makes the makes me more likely to skip through dialogue than pay attention to uh, whatever's going on here. Which it's not really anything amazing story wise. 
Uh, a lot of it is that the you're playing as Sargon, one of the Immortals, like one of the newer recruits for that. Um, and they are on, you know, you start the, the tutorials, this mission that they go on, and upon it being successful, uh, you get a commendation from the, the Queen of Pr- uh, Persia, uh, as well as her son, the Prince. And then you find out the, the Prince has been kidnapped by uh, one of the Immortals. And that's a whole big thing. Taken to this uh, mysterious area called Mount Kaf, uh, QAF, that uh, as you get there, you find out that there's a lot of weird stuff going on here, especially time-related, as uh, you find people that were part of the the crew kidnapping the king or the, the prince, and you find them dying as like they've been there for 30 years, even though they got there you know the night before kind of thing and so you find lots of weird stuff happening here uh but along the way you're kind of trying to figure out what's what's the deal with uh this person what they're doing uh and how this place is sort of corrupting and uh affecting people around you that uh that are trying to you know solve the big problem here so yeah some pretty basic stuff, but uh, some decent characters there. But uh, yeah, the the gameplay is really well done. The combat's really well done, especially if you uh, when you get to the the area. There's a a place for doing these challenges that shows you uh, more things you can do with the combat versus the the basic stuff you have. Uh, there, and there's quite a bit of nuance to. Uh, the various combat mechanics that they have, especially as they give you more powers to it, like the dash and uh, some of the other stuff that they give you that uh, makes it kind of a pretty cool combat system. Maybe up there with uh, some of my favorites in the genre, like Guacamelee has a really cool combat system, that kind of stuff. Uh, This has a lot of good stuff going on there. And yeah, I put about nine eight nine hours into this and have made a good amount of progress i don't know how far into it i am probably probably good halfway through maybe less i don't know um but yeah it doesn't it doesn't really show progress super well uh at least on the the map screen or anything maybe it's on when i load up the save i should check that but uh yeah seems really good i'm playing on ps5 Runs really well. As far as I've seen, it runs well on everything. So you shouldn't really have an issue with this game on a Switch or PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, wherever you're playing. So that's a game that uh, people should check out. If they want a new, higher-budget one of these uh, games, because we haven't really had anything that much uh, like this since Metroid Dread a couple of years ago. So there you go for that. Um, the other game I'm playing that came out this week, The Last of Us Part Two Remastered. Uh, this is the the PS5 port of uh, the you know very popular, uh, very highly awarded Last of Us Part Two that uh, improves the graphics a good bit, makes the game look a a decent bit better. Um, I wasn't running the the original side by side or anything to try and compare it, but it still looks really good on PS5. Um, I did play a bit more of the the campaign when I started, just to kind of get used to the mechanics, um, because it's 
different than the way I would just assume offhand, but uh, uh, they do a good job of um, throwing a bunch of pop-ups for you if you had not played for a while to be like, hey, here's you know how the, the various mechanics work and all that if you need it. Um, as well as you can uh, check out the no return mode, which is the new roguelite mode that it's that's added to the game that essentially offers you kind of a, a tree of encounters, I think up to about five or six, I think total to beat the run um, that set them in different maps in the game. Uh, they do try to say like, you should probably beat the game first, which I think is probably more due to being familiar with these areas and uh, the different kinds of infected and uh, enemies that you can run into, human enemies. Uh, that's uh, I just kind of jumped into it, having played about like nine, ten hours of the of the, the the campaign. So there's certainly a number of faction enemies and such that I did not know or haven't seen in action, that kind of stuff. But uh, they throw you into these different encounters with different kind of statuses for the enemies of like them being in a hunted state, sort of check, you know, frantically searching for you or being in assault mode, which is them knowing you're around and kind of searching for you. Um, they may have like a more uh, cautious kind of mode where they're not really aware of where you're at at all, but um, you're often taking the weapons you have, which you just start off with a pistol uh, for with uh, Ellie and Abby as your main characters. And as you complete challenges, usually the first characters will have, you know, play one run uh, or complete an encounter or two encounters or something like that. And you'll unlock the next character and so on and so forth. Generally, that's the, it's pretty easy for the first uh, challenge. Uh, they have three others after that, that you kind of work through uh, that will add more, more stuff to do either things about collecting weapons or, you know, doing various tasks, that kind of stuff. But after you complete a an, an encounter, uh, some of which are just kind of one like a certain period of time or a certain amount of waves or that kind of stuff, uh, it'll tell you like where they're coming from, that kind of stuff. And kind of after each wave, you get uh, a little uh, like chest that shows up to help you refill some supplies and such. But definitely not trying to be too nice to you, though they have seven or eight difficulties. Uh, for this, as well as the ability to do custom runs if you want to fine-tune things a bit, because uh, there may be challenges that are reliant on fighting certain types of enemies, I I assume. Uh, but that's definitely something that's uh, neat to see, and I think they'll probably have like boss runs and that kind of stuff as well for that, but it's pretty fully featured uh, for that. And yeah, there's five characters on each side, uh, with you getting Tommy and Joel, I think, of the last two on Ellie's side, and you get uh, four other of Abby's crew to play with there, but occasionally the challenges will be like, oh, you have, you know, Dina on this one uh, to help you out, to they'll help you take out enemies, that kind of stuff, uh, and take aggro, aggro away from you, uh, that kind of stuff, so they had some nice wrinkles to the 
to the things that can happen and uh, they keep adding more stuff as you play more of it, uh, get better scores, that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, the other big thing they added is the the lost levels, which are three uh, levels from uh, the development of the game that they ultimately took out. I think generally for each one, they say it's like a pacing issue. Uh, it's, it kind of slowed things down too much uh, for what they wanted out of that game. So they uh, took these out and they'll let you kind of play through them and activate uh, little commentary boxes that will, you know, have commentary from a dev talking about, you know, different aspects of the level and reasons why it worked or didn't work, uh, things they wanted, you know, goals for those things and ultimately why it didn't work, that kind of stuff uh, as you explore, but you can kind of play them. Uh, one of them is kind of set back in Jackson, uh, kind of in the, the outskirts of the the party that you kind of see at uh, one part of the game. Uh, you get to kind of explore and do some like carnival style games around the, around the area, that kind of stuff. But yeah, as they also say, like animations are not finished and textures and, you know, graphics are not finished. These are like pre-alpha states. So they're kind of basically doing functionality passes versus anything to make it look really good. And there's, Generally, no voice acting, though they will have subtitles to to highlight when characters would say things, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But uh, it's really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, something you generally do not get out of any of these kind of releases. Uh, unless yeah. it's like a classics collection, like the Atari 50 or making of Karataka type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, which adds a lot to the game. Makes you appreciate sort of how much work goes into this stuff. Uh, for that, so that's definitely a another cool part of that, and they have some other things in there as well. I think they've added some more to the accessibility options, the stuff they added for uh, the remake for part one, uh, that kind of stuff, and they have a free free play for the guitar thing. And as you unlock skins and such, uh, you can play with a bunch of characters in that playing the guitar, even up to. Um, Gustavo Santalala, the the composer for the games, mm-hmm. Last of Us games, uh, you can play as him in there as well. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And yeah, that's ten bucks for an upgraded view on the PS4 version. Uh, otherwise, I think it's sixty bucks, something like that, full price. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, definitely recommend getting that upgrade if you're interested. And now that I have this on a PS5, I may work my way through the campaign again because uh, mm-hmm. I got a decent bit into it. So I was making my way through Seattle mm-hmm. um, where I'm at. It's kind of just running into roving, roving groups of WLF soldiers and dealing with them throughout the, throughout the city. So that's uh that's been pretty cool. Uh, the last game I've been playing, I'm playing a little bit of this pal world, the game that's been marketed as like Pokemon with guns. Uh, but it's a bit different than that's, um, it's kind of basically your typical kind of crafting survival game of building up a base and building, you know, crafting tables and that kind of stuff to make more things. And as you level up and uh, do all that, you get the ability to unlock more stuff to craft and make. And the the, the hook is that as you catch more of these pals, uh, you can assign them to your base to kind of help make things or craft things or 
uh, do all sorts of farming and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. as well. If they have the requisite abilities for that stuff. Yep. Uh, which seems pretty random from what I'm seeing so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're kind of encouraged to just constantly be catching them uh, all around you so that you can see if you get, you know, ones with passive abilities that will help you on uh, different uh, parts of your base kind of stuff. And yeah, it's been kind of the loop there. It has uh, some Breath of the Wild stuff too, as you can climb up you know, all sides of uh, buildings and and rock structures and all that kind of stuff with the stamina meter and all that. Mm-hmm. Day-night cycle has heat gauges, much like Breath of the Wild, uh, that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, it seems all right. I don't know that it's as good as the uh, the sales numbers they're getting already, which is like four million in the past like two or three days. Uh, but it's still in early access, so hopefully it gets better. Just playing it on uh, Xbox, the UI very much was not made for a console. Mm-hmm. It's very very tiny text, like it's a PC game, yeah. uh, which it is. I guess the the Xbox versions are uh, limited compared to the PC version. I think you can only have four people on a server on Xbox mm-hmm. versus like 16 or 32 or whatever it is on PC. Uh, so that's something that they, they said they want to improve, but they'll have to talk to Microsoft about that. So, yeah. But it's on Game Pass, so you can check it out and see how it is. So that's uh, been pretty much it for me. How about you, Brandon? Well, um... Uh, as far as like gaming is concerned, uh, one of the big things I've been playing this week is uh, Fear and Hunger, which is if you've been paying attention to any of the streamers over the last month or two, this was a game that basically kind of blew up for a number of reasons. Um, it's not new. It was originally came out in 2019. And I think part of the reason why this game sort of suddenly became popular was because the sequel uh fear and hunger termina came out uh i think i think late last year so in that way it was kind of fresh on some people's minds but also just kind of a word of mouth type thing i have not played uh fear and hunger termina because but i i have been told that it's 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 a lot like fear and hunger but it also is more i guess straightforward and more RPG oriented because here's the thing you got to know about Fear and Hunger. Um, It's an RPG maker game and you would not know that unless, you know, you had, you know, the guy who developed it tell you directly uh, because the guts are RPG maker, but all of the assets are completely original. The, uh, the character art, sprites, the animations, the environments, the music, the program, you know, all that stuff is entirely him. Um, But Fear and Hunger, you must understand, is not an RPG. It looks like an RPG. It was made by RPG Maker. Its combat focus is very RPG-like. It has a very turn-based RPG-like combat system. But Fear and Hunger is not an RPG. If you try to play this game like an RPG, you will die almost immediately. Fear and Hunger is a survival horror game that happens to look like an RPG. Um, 
this game teaches you that lesson basically at the very beginning where uh, you are heading up to the gate that goes into the dungeon that you will be spending the most of this game in uh, and are immediately attacked by a pack of wild dogs. And you will, nine times out of ten, be immediately killed. Um, because you are, you know, in, in unlike um, other RPGs, whereas, like, you know, you'll, like, say you're playing Dragon Quest and you'll come across, like, a slime, and it won't be just one slime, it'll be three or four slimes you know, in a group that are attacking you. Um, that is very rare in this game. Most of the combat is a one-on-one -on -one situation. Uh, at most, you might have two enemies on the screen at the same time. But the thing is, unlike in other RPGs where you're just attacking the enemy as like a, as like a total being, enemies in this game all have... Um, all have health bars and you know that kind of thing for all of their individual limbs. So uh, if you if you go up against a character that's got you know this typical four arms and four legs, each one of those limbs will have you know its own health bar as well as the torso and the head. And that's mostly because fighting in this game is not so much a a matter of trying to like level up and fight all the enemies you are. But try, but using strategic avoidance and defense, um, a lot of the enemies in this game require a certain degree of strategy when you go up against them. Uh, one of the common enemies you'll go up against the game, which is the dungeon guard, uh, which is like this hulking mongoloid ogre-looking guy who carries around like a meat cleaver. Um, in order to like successfully attack them. You have to, first off, you have to remove the arm that is using the cleaver, because if you do not, they will very quickly uh, take out a good chunk of your life. They also will more than likely remove one of your limbs and take it out of play for the rest of that playthrough. Um, but if you remove that, then they will not be able to... Uh, sever any limbs then after that you have to attack their legs that will knock them off balance which will make their heads available to attack and you can then get rid of them that way um, that's just one example um, the other thing about this game you have to understand is that combat in this game is something that has to be done rather than the whole point of the game if you come across an enemy you know, that attacks you, you're going to have to obviously fight them. Um, because, uh, you know, most of the time, you're going to want to try and avoid a lot of these guys. Because you do not get, like, any experience points from fighting any of these enemies. All you do by fighting and defeating them is taking them out of play um, for the rest of the playthrough. That's it. Um, they don't come back. Um, at least not until you, like, save or change areas, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and a lot of times you also won't even get like any items either. Um, you will sometimes, depending on the enemy, if it's like a special enemy of some kind. But most of the time you will not. Um, so the best thing that you can typically do is just try and avoid them unless you have to fight them. But yeah, so that's... Uh, more or less fear and hunger. Uh, the other reason I think this game took off as big as it did is for the shock factor. 
Um, Fear and Hunger is not a game for children. Do not let kids get anywhere near this game because horrible, horrible things happen to people in this game. Um, they happen to you. They happen to the enemies. They happen to other you know NPCs and whatever you come across. It's just in general just nightmare fuel incarnate you don't want to get involved um but also like chris i'm also playing pal world um finding it you know interesting like he is it's it's a it's it obviously it's still a game that's still in like beta mode it's not it's still not really finished it's an early access title um you're still you know, it, there's obviously like bits and pieces that aren't finished. There's like pop up and, you know, there's stuff like that. Um, it's a survival game, basically. Um, and if you've ever played like Valheim or Rust or Ark or any of those games, you know how these games work. You know, you start off with nothing. You have to slowly gather resources, make a basic shelter and an area where you can craft things and all that stuff. The difference is that in this case, you have access to pals, which are basically just cribs of Pokemon. Like, it's it's not even subtle. They're, you know, all of the Pokemon you come in contact with are, a lot of them have very similar, uh, you know, designs to Pokemon that you can immediately recognize. And just like in Pokemon, you have to use a a device in this case a pal sphere it's literally called that to capture them and in order to capture them you have to you know weaken them up but unlike in you know pokemon where you use your pokemon to do a pokemon battle and you weaken them uh in this case you have to attack them directly which in this case means you know hitting them with a stick or a gun or you know whatever it is that you can hit them with um and unlike in uh, Pokemon, pals do die. Um, now, they don't like make it like horrifically gory or anything when they die. They just kind of keel over with like X's over their eyes and they just kind of roll around. But I mean, it's it, the, the video game cruelty is factor is very much in play here. Um, but other than that, I haven't really gotten that far into it. Um, cause survival games are kind of a slow burn for me. They kind of take time. And, uh, other than that, uh, I also went back to Pokemon Scarlet and, uh, I'm now at a point where I have gotten, I've beaten all the gym leaders. I've fought all of the Titan Pokemon. Um, and I still have two members of Team Star that I have to go up against. Uh, and other than that, I've got, you know, the Pokemon League the the Pokemon League people to go up against, and there's also a fight against I think Arwen that I have to go up against. Um, and then of course you know there's going into the crater. But yeah, so yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been playing. All right, Dinner, how about you? Yeah, I'll go ahead and go. Um, it's been a while since I've been on the show, so I've, I've been playing a lot of different stuff. Um, the first thing I'll I'll probably mention is um, Echoes of the Fallen DLC for. Um, Final Fantasy 16. And um, yeah, this um, DLC came out the uh, day of the game awards. It was a shadow drop there. And um, I really enjoyed it. But for the most part, it's really just um, an extra side quest. And if you've played Final Fantasy 16, um, you'll know that the side quests are actually fairly easy. Um, they're usually just like fetch quests where you talk to one person, either do a fight or talk to another person and come back to the original person. 
Um, but with the Echoes of the Fallen DLC, it's pretty much like a full-on quest in the form of another uh, dungeon. So um, in the main part of the game, you know, there were a lot of dungeons that um, have you deal with the uh, the Master Crystals. And with, without giving away too much for Echoes of the Fallen, um, basically they found Dark Crystals and, you know... Um, the whole game was about getting rid of the rid of the crystals in general, so they were wondering where the dark crystals even came from. And you come uh, into contact with a character who is like sort of a thief, um, but there's more to him than meets the eye. So yeah, I don't want to go over too much there, but the the DLC is probably around two to three hours. It's a really long dungeon with around six bosses in it, and I'm not gonna say it was harder than anything else in the game. Um, but, you know, it definitely was that prior to, like, you know, the real final boss in the game. And, uh, you know, uh, I really enjoyed it. You have to be at a certain uh, point in the game to um, even access it. Uh, you have to have uh, done all of the side quests involving um, Jill and another character, who I won't mention because of spoilers. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was really enjoyable, and I'm looking forward to the next one. And it was a good opportunity to get back into Final Fantasy 16, and it wasn't really too bad, like, relearning how to play, because I had already beaten the game two weeks prior. So it was definitely a fun one. And then I've also started uh, Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series. Um, that was a game that I've been looking forward to for a while, but I've been waiting for it to go on sale. Uh, luckily, this time I didn't have to do that, because uh, it was available on um, PSN+. Plus. So I picked that up, and I played uh, part of the first game. Um, it was easier than I remember it being. Actually, I don't even remember if I um, played this one because I remember uh, the game being in 3D and this was a 2D quasi game. So I'm assuming the one that I played back when I was a kid was Klonoa 2. So I hadn't started that one yet, but this one was fairly simplistic. Uh, it's Again, it's pseudo 2D, so most of it is side-scrolling. And then you have to go um, in the background a lot to pick up all the items and stuff like that. And there's nothing hard about it. Um, the main thing that you'll struggle with is really just... Um, <clears throat> understanding perspective uh there were times where i missed time jumps and fell in a hole and uh, luckily when, when you do die um there aren't too many opportunities or there aren't um you don't have to do things over again in a, in a bad way like the the spawn points are pretty solid um next up on the list i've also been playing like a dragon gaiden i finished it uh earlier this week and yeah um, i've been playing it in preparation for infinite wealth coming out next week and um yeah this game uh, takes place sort of in between um, <clears throat> Yakuza 6 and um, uh, Like a Dragon, uh, Yakuza 7, and you're in control of Kiryu here. And um, I've never actually played um, Yakuza 2 through 6, um, but, you know, the game pretty much spoils what happens. Uh, but basically, uh, <clears throat> 6 ended in such a way where... Um, you know, Kiryu is not, is not supposed to exist anymore, and that's pretty much the title. So, you know, um, I don't, again, I don't want to overspoil things, but the title is, like, you know, the man who lost his name or without a name. And you, get, you end up playing another character named Joryu, who, in the end, is Kiryu. Um, but yeah, the game takes place, as I mentioned, after Six, but during Like a Dragon. And it takes place in certain areas where, you know, in Like a Dragon, you were using uh, Ichiban. And whenever... Um, he was not on screen. You pretty much just take over uh, Kiryu from there, and you pretty much see what he was doing leading up to the uh, the disbandment of the entire uh, Yakuza forces. So it was pretty cool seeing how, how that ended up. Um, and obviously, Kiryu is a legend uh, as far as the Yakuza uh, goes, so seeing people like react to him and his greatness was really a cool thing to see. 
and it really had a nice ending where it paid off really well. Usually a lot of Gaiden games um, aren't really essential to the series, but I really enjoyed this story for what it was, and it definitely made me look forward to Infinite Wealth even more, because it had an ending that carries over to it, and when you beat the game, you actually earn um, an Infinite Wealth demo. Um, I started that, I didn't get too far, um, and you know it was a little complicated because um, obviously the Akaza series has moved into turn-based combat, whereas uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden was pretty much the original um, Yakuza combat. So going from the action combat to the turn-based combat was a little complicated, but you know, once Infinite Wealth comes out next week, we'll go ahead and have our impressions there because I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a cool experience. Um, as for how the game pulls you in, um, like I mentioned, it's like a traditional Yakuza game, except that you're really only in one small part of the city. Uh, you're in Sotenbori, and, you know, almost your, all of your traditional Yakuza fanfare is there. You have the minigames, you have the um, various stalls that you can eat at, you have the stupid side quests. And it's funny because a lot of the side quests, while optional, um, are also sort of required because there's no progressing in the game unless you get a certain um, amount of points that you get from these side quests in order to move the story forward. So, you know, you, you can you can do these in any order uh, that you'd like, and then all of a sudden you find yourself into you find yourself in a place called the castle where you see things like you know gambling and uh, arena fighting and those sorts of sorts of things. Like again, pretty much just traditional RPG fanfare uh, for Kirby to get involved in, and yeah. All these were really enjoyable, but it really felt like filler. So the filler parts, you know, can can be called annoying, but they were they, they were still enjoyable. Uh, but the story was really t- what tied it all together and made me really enjoy it. Um, and then next up, uh, I started Golden Sun. Uh, the game uh, came out earlier this week on uh, the Switch. And, you know, for those of you that know me, Golden Sun was pretty much my uh, foray into RPGs, not including Pokemon, you know. Um, but the, the, the one thing that... Uh, kind of disappointed me and you know it's not really surprising is the fact that playing golden sun scaled up on the switch um isn't as um attractive as it was on the gba back in the day you know the game boy advance had such a, such a small screen and sprites and uh, the end uh, and the art style really fit that platform whereas with the bigger screen of the switch everything looks a whole lot more pixelated and i just remember the game looking a whole lot better than it does now um, but either way, like it's good to uh, jump back into Golden Sun. I hope this one is um, successful so that way they continue to make new Golden Sun games. And, you know, I just love the series, so I hope to see it continue. And then I also started the Another Code um, recollection demo that they had on the eShop. The game came out on Friday. Uh, we actually have a code for it, but uh, Miles Abenza will be the one reviewing it for us uh, whenever he's finished. And I thought the game was just like a, a visual novel, but there's actually some walking simulator stuff to it. And um, from what I've played so far, the art style and the um, animation it really lends itself well to the Switch. And I look forward to uh, digging deeper as we move forward. But yeah, we're we're, we're entering that time where um, game releases, especially JRPG releases, are going to get really heavy. In fact, I already started one that I can't talk about. And um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a fun uh, next two months here. So that's about it. All right, so let's get to some news. And uh, first up here, we've got your Game Pass lineup for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, with some interesting stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Available as of now, there is Those Who Remain, which is a, a horror game, mm-hmm. first-person horror game. So you can check that out. Uh, console and PC. 
Also available, Turnip Boy Robs a Bank, uh, the mm-hmm. second of the Turnip Boy games of... You're just playing a character that just causes mischief the entire time. Uh, this one's... Uh, yeah, you're shaking down hostages, stealing valuables, battling with buzz, and using wacky tools. Bought off the dark web, so... Yeah. Still doing more weird stuff, so there you go for that. Uh, that's on console and PC. Uh, there's F123 on console and PC. This is part of EA Play, so if you have EA Play subscription on any of the platforms, uh, that's right. available to you. So you can check out the newest F1 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Power World, which uh, Brandon and I talked about, so yep. uh, you can check that out for yourself. Uh, let's see. Okay, for stuff coming out this week on the 25th, go Mecha Ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a day one to launch, console and PC. It's a twin stick shooter, roguelike. Okay, so yeah, got that kind of a game there. Uh, let's see, Brotato. Uh, this is a mm-hmm. vampire survivors like, uh, but uh, instead of the it being more of a clone of vampire survivors, it's it, you play as a potato kind of character who has four guns attached to their body, mm-hmm. uh, essentially like their the four corners of their character uh, skin. Um, yeah doing that so you got to swap them in and out that kind of stuff as you're taking down enemies uh in waves of fights and that you know doing your upgrades and all that kind of stuff so uh that one's pretty solid that'll be on console and pc game pass on january 30th uh let's see february 2nd persona 3 reload that'll be available so you can check that out as uh yeah they're putting out that remake of persona 3 It'll still have you shooting your characters in the head to evoke their personas. And all the the weird stuff that happens in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you'll be able to check that out. And then February 6th, Anduchard. Mm. Uh, console and PC. Uh, let's see. I think this is an RPG. Go forth, battle monsters, solve puzzles, and restore Anduchard mm-hmm. to its former Skyward glory. Okay. That could be anything the way that's framed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there you go. Some pretty neat yeah. stuff uh, for people to check out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. And then uh, let's see here. We got some more news. Uh, some sad news here. Harmonix mm-hmm. announced that Rock Band DLC uh, for Rock Band 4 uh, will be ending here as of this week on January 25th. Uh, they'll be releasing the last DLC here as they've said it's going to be mm-hmm. Uh, some emblematic stuff for the way they're feeling, but because uh, I think this past week, yeah, they released Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, mm-hmm. and the Trogs' Our Love Will Still Be There. Yeah. I've uh, just seen some good jokes that they should release like 10 songs titled outro uh, for the last week, uh, which would be a pretty good joke, but mm. I think they'll probably have something, something special. As they ended Rock Band 3 DLC with uh, Donald McLean's American Pie. Yeah. Uh, so I imagine I'll have something nice there uh, to put out for Rock Band 4. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, it's been, I think, eight years for this game. Mm. Uh, which is a lot longer than you might have expected for mm-hmm. Rock Band 4 that did not exactly like come out of the gates selling incredibly well. Uh, but they have, you know, stuck with it, kind of kept releasing DLC most weeks uh, for the past eight years and 
yeah, it's a great run. Great run for a great game. Uh, they're going to be sort of focusing their their teams on Fortnite Festival for the time being uh, as mm-hmm. part of Fortnite. So, uh, as I believe, they're also going to be adding support for physical guitars, uh, guitar controllers, making new oh. ones. Uh, so that'll be neat to see, as well as having new guitars for people to play rock band with, I believe. Oh. Uh, so that'll be cool. Uh, whenever they get that out, but that's been kind of a poorly kept secret. Is I think the I forget which one PDP or so whoever's been whoever's going to be making the the guitars has been like hinting at this for the past month or so. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, hmm. good run for Rock Band Four. Mm-hmm. Especially as Guitar Hero kind of sunk pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, there you go. Uh, For games that are going to be releasing sometime soon, uh, Foam Stars finally has a release date. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hitting February 6th on PS5 and PS4. Mm. Uh, It's exclusive for those platforms. And, yeah, it'll also be on PlayStation Plus Essential as a monthly Mm. title for February. So we already know what one of the three titles is going to be. Mm-hmm. As I say here, there's three modes available at launch. Smash the Star, uh, which I think is maybe Capture the Flag or King of the Hill type of mode. Uh-huh. There's Happy Bass Survival, which I think is, uh, yes, like a, they split the teams half and half, half inside the arena, half outside. Uh-huh. And you're taking the you know out the opposing team's players inside the arena. Yep. So that's neat. And then the, the last one's Rubber Duck Party. Mm. Okay, this one might be the maybe more formal, like King of the Hill mode, mm. or maybe the like the Team Fortress Two, where you're escorting a duck to your side of the arena, mm-hmm. something like that. So you have to get near them, that kind of thing. So yeah, looks like I have a decent amount of stuff in it. Mm-hmm. I believe it'll be thirty bucks otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, once it's out of PS Plus, so if you have PS Plus, definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we got the weird news uh, that the devs have mentioned that they are, or they were experimenting with generative AI artwork. Yep. Uh, that made these um, album art mm-hmm. for the like in-game. Um, music player. That's kind of a weird thing. And as they try to defend, like this makes up about zero point zeros one percent or even less mm-hmm. in terms of content in the game. But we have dabbled in it by creating these icons in the game. And it's like, in terms of amount, it's not much at all. But in terms of using it at all, it's mm-hmm. pretty shitty because uh, you know they have artists as obvious by them making the rest of the art in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, if you use that as, you know, reference art for your artist to make these little bits of arts, uh, that'd be perfectly fine. Mm. Uh, but they said, you know, that they liked it so much that they put it in the game mm. using a uh, mid journey, which I believe was one of the ones, uh, especially known for, uh, stealing content, uh, 
licensed content from artists. So yeah, that's one of those where you could pretty easily have it recreate, you know, licensed art if you want. Um, so yeah, as if I'm going to add a, a bit of a downside to that whole game's appeal. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, definitely some weird stuff. I mean, going back to Foam Stars in general, um, I think it's a good move for them to go ahead and start off on PS Plus Essential, um, just because, you know, you, you never know what kind of audience that you can generate here. So starting with a quote-unquote free audience would definitely be a good way to get a head start, especially with the success that we've seen from games like Fall Guys and the initial release of, of Fortnite. So, you know, hopefully something good happens there. And then just moving forward to the AI, like, yeah, it's... It's uh, pretty scummy, especially since they actually um, decided to resort to using AI for creative work, knowing that they do have artists there. Um, but, you know, I also wonder how big or small their studio is. Um, like, mm-hmm. there, are, there, there are definitely scenarios where using AI stuff is, is, is okay, in my opinion. Like, for example, when you're doing things on Photoshop that require certain macros or, you know certain things that are easy to do and AIs would be, would be the easiest way to do it. Like for example, you can just type in, Oh, remove all this and um, do all that. And yeah, that would help. But as far as like doing things like stealing from other art styles. Yeah. I don't really like that. So it's bad to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I believe the developers are an internal Square Enix team for this. So yeah, it's essentially Square Enix funding that. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. It's kind of a weird way to kind of take the wind out of your sails for this game mm-hmm. uh, from people that would love to jump into this kind of game. So mm-hmm. I'll just see how that goes. And uh, yeah, we'll get up to the next one here. Uh, Frostpunk 2 got a bit of a big trailer mm-hmm. showing off the how extremely unpleasant the game is going to be, mm-hmm. uh, much like the original. As uh, you know, the original, you're kind of doing a city building Kind of thing is set in this uh, sort of freezing apocalypse uh, where you're trying to lay out your city to help keep everybody warm and all that. And as well as like sending people out to do expeditions and get more supplies and that kind of stuff. Accomplish all those kind of goals. And yeah, they're making a new one and it mm-hmm. still looks really good. Making a, a more complex, I don't know how much more complex, but a bit more complex as like an unforgiving city builder kind of game, which is definitely what people want uh, more of out of a sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's set 30 years after the original game. Citizens can, citizens can vote to pass laws. And those kind of decisions can help steer, steer the city's uh, mm-hmm. direction towards different outcomes and finales. So mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty cool. They do not have a date yet, but they're saying the first half of 2024 and it'll be on PC Game Pass at launch. Uh, yeah, as well as Steam, the Epic Game Store, and GOG. Uh, it'll also come to Game Pass on Xbox Series X at a later mm-hmm. date, as well as the PS5. Uh, but that may be by the end of the year or early next year. We'll have to see. But uh, yeah, good to see that game showing up mm-hmm. again. As that first game was really good. Uh, let's see. Next up here, GSC Game World kind of Mm -hmm. been working on stalker two for quite a while and they finally announced a new date for that um yeah september 5th so they're putting that out pretty far ahead of where they're at right now Mm -hmm. as i guess they were targeting q1 of this year 
mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, and then they've you know announced this to put it you know firmly in the fall fall release window. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to check that out. Hopefully in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have been talking about how challenging the development of this has been for the past couple of years, as they have uh, had a bunch of people living in Ukraine as that was being uh, ransacked by Russia mm-hmm. and attacked and had uh, as many people as they could evacuate uh, their homes to mm-hmm. get out of there, as well as have lost at least one employee to uh, the warfare there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, but Yeah, they put out a big trailer. Hopefully mm-hmm. have the final release date which is bold of them to call mm-hmm. the final release date announcement yeah, trailer. So seriously. So hopefully they don't have to delay it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be on Game Pass, I believe. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Mm. Something else to keep an eye out for in like seven months, seven eight mm-hmm. months. So there you go for that. Uh, and yeah, we got the the Tomb Raider one through three remastered. Mm. And uh, let's see, remastered, I think starring Laura Croft mm-hmm. uh, as the the full title for that. But we finally have details on what the what the the array of options and such that game is going to have. As that is yeah. getting here of February, I think the twenty second, twenty first, something like that. Uh, February fourteenth. Yeah, let's see what they have mentioned here. Uh, yeah, they mentioned uh, the improvements happening in engineering, gameplay, and art. Mm-hmm. So they kind of go here. Uh, at the outset, we knew we would use the original source code and engine. Magic can't simply be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Critical feature for any updates updates we made was to allow the users to toggle back to the original look and feel of Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they have done that. So the, the gameplay stuff, uh, they have uh, every jump, secret enemy, and puzzle exactly as the original development team designed and intended. Mm. And so now they've uh, upgraded it. So they have classic and modern controls mm-hmm. uh, listed as, I think, tank and modern controls. Mm. Uh, so the modern controls, uh, let's see, the right stick has full camera control and Lara moves directionally based on camera position. Mm-hmm. And they've uh, taken inspiration from the the later Tomb Raider games like Legend, Anniversary, and Underworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those games on the like the PS2 and Xbox and PS3 and Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Uh, they added boss health bars that you can turn on, so mm-hmm. you can have a better idea of how many, you know, how much healthy bosses have left mm-hmm. uh, for when managing your your inventory and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've yeah updated the 3D item sprites mm-hmm. uh, to look better as like 3D models for these characters. Um, yeah, they have 200 trophies. Mm. Not sure if they have each game has their own platinum. I don't mm-hmm. think they mention that here, but uh, they do have photo mode, so you can do that as well as more surprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the art stuff they talk about being able to uh, swap back and forth between the classic uh, visuals in the uh, modern art, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't change the, the visuals that much. Mm. It's more like, as they say here, baked in real-time lighting effects, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, upgrading like the the water and the texturing and all that kind of stuff. Having some new models, like Lara Croft has new models mm. uh, for this, uh, so she doesn't have like the 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 triangular boobs, that kind of thing. Yep. To it, um, as well as other stuff, visual effects and all that. So yeah, looks like it's going to be a pretty comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, set of features here to make the game look and play better if you are not a fan of the original control style. Mm-hmm. So that could be pretty cool to see. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be out in about three weeks or so mm-hmm. for people to check out. So yeah, uh, that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, last last of the regular stories, uh, there's this... Uh, Weird lawsuit that's happening where Take Two has filed a trademark dispute over Remedy's logo, mm-hmm. saying it is too similar to Rockstar's logo, which doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both ours, but that's about as much as it uh, as the similarities similarities are. Mm-hmm. Remedy on there, R has like these kind of. Uh, uh, water kind of ripples, yeah. Uh, to add like uh, more R's to it, I guess more parts of the R to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of thing with the word remedy under it, whereas the Rockstar logo, the classic Rockstar logos, mm-hmm. uh, an R with a star attached to the the bottom right corner of it. Yeah, and it's like, I other than the R, I don't understand what the, the trademark issue is here. And very much, I think, uh, Remedy has responded to this saying, this is not a big deal. Mm. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, especially because... Go ahead. I would agree that it's not a big deal either. I mean, um, if I'm not mistaken, this Remedy logo is actually new. Um, mm. I, I may be wrong. But at yeah, the same time... I think it's from last summer. Gotcha. See, like, Remedy and Rockstar are working together on a new Max Payne game anyway. So it's funny just, you know, having these guys in the studios, like working on a cool game and they're like, Oh, you know, the the lawyers upstairs are fighting over our logo, you know? So it's pretty stupid because I know that there there has to be a way for this to end amicably and it probably won't. Um, but yeah, like it's just a, like, I don't know what Rockstar's complaining about. It's the letter R. A lot of companies use the letter R. Like you might as well sue the Pokemon company for for team rocket. You know, it's, it's, it's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it's Rockstar initiated. This seems like it's take two. Hmm. Doing this is like a, I don't know, like it, like they're detached from what Rockstar is working on. Because, mm. yeah, Rockstar and Remedy are working together on remakes of Max Payne 1 and 2. That's like, all right, why are you suing the company you're working with? Yeah. Uh, and they may not have been super aware of that in a weird way, uh, their lawyers at least. So, yeah, it just seems very weird. Mm-hmm. To have this be a big issue, but yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, these were filed in the UK, so I don't know if there are issues there mm. with that. Um, but yeah, they filed these back in May 2023, so it took a while for these to surface or people to figure mm-hmm. it out, notice them. So we'll see how that goes, but I, I assume there'll be uh, something minor yeah. to do with it, but. I don't think Remedy's going to have to change anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go for that. Uh, we'll move off to the the bad news. Yeah. 
as uh, the layoffs have continued in uh, this early part of 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Thunderful laying off about 100 people. Uh, or they will be laying off about 100 people. Uh, as they announced plans to lay off roughly 20% of its workforce. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's about 100 people. And the, the Thunderful CEO citing the company's need to reduce costs as he started there this past fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've sort of evaluated the the company and their business uh, going into the future and have identified mm-hmm. probably some some need to reduce the amount of people they have working there to I don't have less uh, payroll on the mm-hmm. on the sheets. I don't know, but yeah, uh, these kind of announcements are always kind of weird because it's probably makes for a worse uh, atmosphere inside the company mm-hmm. to be like, oh, there's going to be a hundred of us getting laid off. Any chance that people working there are going to know at least. A handful of people getting laid off, if not, you know, a bunch of them, depending on what departments mm-hmm. get hit the hit the most. So, yeah, that's not great, uh, especially as they got a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff they've been working on. So, yeah, wonderful there. Mm-hmm. Taking some layoffs. Dead by Daylight has already laid off forty five people. Uh, that's a uh, a lot of people, mostly or only affected people at their Montreal, Canada mm-hmm. studio, uh, with those being laid off between January 9th and 11th. So I guess the, the bright side there is that mm-hmm. uh, that stuff, a lot of those people occurred after the holidays, so they got to at least enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they may have also laid off some people beforehand mm-hmm. uh, in December, uh, cutting from various people throughout the studio unfortunately mm. so yeah there you go yeah uh, for that and then the last one here uh ci games publisher of lords of the fallen uh has uh laid off 10 percent of its staff mm-hmm. uh, i think people have tried to figure out how many they have working there to get an idea what that number could be but Seems like people haven't figured that out just yet. Hmm. Uh, But yeah, they use the same excuse to preserve business strength and stability. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that means to make make it easier for them to make money, I guess. So there you go. More layoffs. Mm -hmm. In case you're hoping 2024 is going to be better than 2023. Hmm. Yeah, it's just a just a rough story. You know, a lot of us with that game of the year. uh, segments uh last year we're talking about you know it being the best year in gaming but yeah also being one of the worst just because of all the layouts we've seen and you know well we saw maybe nine thousand last year and then going up to this year we've already seen maybe close to three to four thousand now which is like almost half and it's been 21 days that's Mm. really unfortunate and it's like there's no saving grace here it's like oh cool i guess you guys are off the hook because you guys you guys got to work over the holidays but i don't know it's just it just really sucks and i feel for everybody going through it and you know when when this stuff happened in the past the industry was good at taking care of each other and uh, now Mm -hmm. it's it's really hard like i've been active on linkedin a lot not because i'm looking for a job but just because i've been trying to help other people who have lost theirs and like there's a huge contingent of people just like you know posting whatever they can post but then i've seen people who have gotten 
gotten an opportunity only to be like laid off two weeks later. It's just, it's, it's, it's a mess right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, the bad news here for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to something a little bit better. The Xbox developer direct, uh, as they, they said ahead of time, it was going to feature four games and ended up being five. They had a surprise thing, but not any sort of shadow drop game. Mm. Uh, they featured four games from various Xbox studios. Yeah. And then uh, Visions of Mana from Square Enix for the mm. surprise other game, uh, which is not a you know a huge surprise. It's just we knew that was coming, uh, but they mm. showed off a bunch of gameplay stuff in case you wondered mm-hmm. how that played. But we'll work our way through these pretty quickly. Uh, there's Avowed, uh, which for whatever reason on the the Xbox Wire website, they did not write an article for that game. Mm-hmm. They did for the others. I tried to double check, and yeah, there wasn't anything for mm. that one for whatever reason. But uh, the, the description in the main article gives a pretty good idea of what the... The video they showed off there, which was mostly combat stuff and how mm-hmm. that how they have kind of a a lot more freedom to decide how you're going to do combat stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you have melee weapons, you can map to both hands or mm-hmm. one hand, uh, ranged guns and bows, as well as magic based wands, even dual wielding dual mm-hmm. wielding wands uh, for that kind of stuff. So kind of allows you to quickly change between loadouts and kind of have more faster pace uh, and dynamic kind of combat than like a a Skyrim had Mm -hmm. for this kind of thing. But that was a lot more of a slower uh, combat style, even for what you had to head on offer there. So Mm -hmm. that looks pretty neat, but we did not get any sort of dates on that. Mm. Uh, as they have, let's see, that'll be launching this fall. Mm. Uh, only one game of the bunch here got a date. Everything else got like a time frame to launch in. Mm. Uh, so that's Xbox, PC, and on Game Pass for Avowed. So maybe see that by the end of this year. Uh, then we got Hellblade 2, Senua's Saga. Mm-hmm. That uh, looks really good. Oh, yeah. The first game was amazing. Yeah. And this one has a much higher combat focus to it. Yeah. And and it kind of reminded me a good bit of like God of War's combat, mm-hmm. the, the 2018 game. Yeah. Uh, with the way they were kind of showing that off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, kind of showing off some of the combat stuff as well as some of the, uh, the, the motion capture stuff they've been working on mm-hmm. for that. Uh, so that's pretty cool looking. That'll be out May 21st. Mm-hmm. Uh, PC, Xbox, and Game Pass. So mm. you'll be able to check that out in uh, about four months from now. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the Visions of Mana was sort of the, the surprise game mm-hmm. as they got to put out a big gameplay trailer for that game. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks pretty good. Has a mm-hmm. nice look to it. And all that uh, has definitely some... Uh, elements of the original games being sort of an action RPG, but you mm-hmm. got a big 3D world to explore as well as some, some Breath of the Wild style kind of ways to get around mm-hmm. uh, and sort of float around and do all that kind of stuff as you're attacking enemies and all that. Uh, but it also has kind of some Nino Kuni type of stuff where you're kind of running into enemies and it kind of uh, sections off a, a big 
arena around you mm-hmm. of space to fight those enemies. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to necessarily fight enemies and have others join the fight and that kind of stuff. Maybe there mm-hmm. will in some aspects, but from what they've shown here, uh, looks pretty solid. I don't know. I could say it's looking like you know maybe Final Fantasy 16 style of uh, great combat. Mm. Uh, well, it looks pretty solid from what they showed there. Mm. Uh, and then they shown off a bunch of uh, kind of uh, music and style stuff, sort of mm-hmm. how they're keeping the uh, homages to the original games with uh, a lot of their mm-hmm. music influences and art style influences and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, looks pretty solid from what they've shown. Uh, but yeah, no dates or anything on that. I'm just saying it'll be out this summer. And that'll be on everything PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Yeah. For that, so you'll be able to check that one out. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we got Ara History Untold, which is uh, their civilization competitor mm-hmm. uh, from Oxide Games. And yeah, they're definitely making one of those, but trying to feature uh, different civilizations and uh, that kind of stuff to it that you wouldn't necessarily get or haven't gotten in civilization so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, I don't know if they mention anything here specifically. But yeah, they're still kind of in prototyping phases, taking feedback from the community, that kind of stuff, and they seem to plan to keep that going once it launches. Mm. Kind of letting the community kind of dictate what they're going to keep working on mm. there. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that is, I think, another fall game that'll just be on PC mm-hmm. and PC Game Pass. So no console versions, at least for the time being. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, but yeah, you can read a lot more here if you want to learn more about that or watch the, I assume they put out the, the videos, the trailer mm. on YouTube. So you can check that out. And then, yeah, the last one they had here is Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, Mm -hmm. uh, the new Indiana Jones game from Machine Games, Mm -hmm. uh, which will be on Xbox and PC and Game Pass. And it'll be a first-person sort of action-adventure game. Yeah. uh, Where you're playing as a version of Indiana Jones, I think set between uh, the second and third movies. Mm Mm-hmm. As he's uh, a bit older, but not that old. I believe Troy Baker's doing the voice of Indiana Jones. So mm-hmm. trying to do as much of a Harrison Ford kind of voice there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they meant make a big focus of showing the that you're doing a lot of whip stuff for fighting mm-hmm. enemies to knock them over or, you know, tie them up, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. As well as you can use it for some platforming stuff. Mm. Uh, but you can also punch and occasionally shoot enemies as mm-hmm. needed. Uh, but also solve puzzles and all that kind of stuff and get around these levels. So mm-hmm. those are going to be pretty good. Uh, what to see. But uh, yeah. That'll be... Yeah, They didn't put a, any sort of time frame even. They mm-hmm. just said 2024. So that may end up slipping the next year if it needs to, but yeah. It'll look pretty decent there, so. Mm-hmm. 
Anything you guys liked out of this one? Uh, obviously, I liked the Indiana Jones one, mostly because I'd been wondering what Machine Games had been up to. <laughs> uh, since, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, what they had been working on, you know, you know, after Wolfenstein basically went silent for a while. And now we know it's this. Um, it means we get to beat up more Nazis. So, you know, I'm all for that. Um, yeah. And uh, Hellblade 2 also definitely um, is something I'm interested in. I loved the first one. Um, I thought it was an amazing game. Um, and uh, Avowed, uh, I'm not entirely sure yet, um, but I'm intrigued. Because uh, I love the Pillars of Eternity games, and I kind of want to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I'm... Uh, shout out to Wario64 because I totally forgot about this presentation despite actually looking forward to it. And, you know, that being said, this was actually the best one they've ever done, in my opinion. Um, all the games look really good. You know, not all of them are for me. I will say, though, um, Avowed was something that I never actually cared about. But then when I saw what they showed here, I was like, okay, this this might be something to put on my radar. And, you know, it's going to be on Game Pass, so why not? Uh, moving on to Hellblade 2, like, you know, they this was the first Xbox Series X announced game. And so, like, we're we're here at like what year three, year four, and it's it's finally coming out. We finally have a date, so I'm definitely looking forward to them. Um, mm. I'm still a little bitter because with the original game, I played it on PS4, and I missed the platinum because I missed one rune that I totally like saw but didn't get, and there's no way to go back to it, and I don't want to replay the game to get it. So that's annoying. But you know, now that I'm gonna play it on Xbox, it's not gonna matter. I mean, I, I'm gonna get to enjoy the game for what it is, and. It looks great, you know? Um, this is sort of becoming the new um, Death Loop where they, 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 just, they just keep showing it nonstop and we just need the game to come out already. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Visions of Mana is interesting. And the reason why this is interesting to me is because it's not a Game Pass game. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, like, why would I buy it on Xbox when you have it basically everywhere? So it's going to be interesting because, you know, Persona 3 Reload is going to be a Game Pass game. Um, and you know, that's definitely a great way to like have some attention there. It's what caused me to cancel my pre-order on PS5 because, cause you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to pay for it if I don't have to. And, mm-hmm. um, we'll go from there. And with visions of mana, like mana has never been, um, a system selling series. So, um, I wonder how many eyes it'll get, you know, despite this, um, presentation here, if it's not on game pass and again, mm-hmm. it'll be on every platform. So it's hard for me to care to get it on this one, but I'm glad it was here because, um, the game looks good. Um, I never finished the uh, Trials of Mana remake, uh, but Visions of Mana just looks a whole lot better just for what it's worth. Um, Aura, I uh, didn't re- really care much about that one because I don't play PC games, and that's pretty much only what it's for. And then the big one, Indiana Jones in the Great Circle. Um, this is a title that I've been looking forward to ever since they showed the logo. And uh, while I think the title is pretty stupid, um, I am looking forward to this game just because it, it looks awesome. I will... I will say, though, I am not really pleased with it being in first person, although I totally get it. Machine Games has been doing a wonder, wonderful job with, you know, the Wolfenstein games and all that. And, like, you know, killing Nazis is typically what they've always been about. And from what I've seen, the puzzles look really fun. And um, certain methods of, tra- of traversal, like, you know, climbing walls and stuff, is happening in third person. So you do have that cinematic feel there. I just, you know this is not the kind of game I wanted to be in first person. And I, I wish we had like uh, that be an, an optional thing, but you mm-hmm. know, if it ends up being better for it, um, I'm all for it. You know, 
Todd Howard is a is a genius with everything he does and uh looking forward to it um but i am you know just a little disappointed that's it, it's in first person so that's mm. about it though all right so yeah it seems like a, a perfectly fine thing i think a lot of this stuff is so far out it's kind of hard to get mm-hmm. excited about any of it just yet uh even the one that has a date is still four months away mm-hmm. or still got a bunch of games to play before then so uh I'll wait to see how the other stuff gets dates that'll actually hit these dates, these mm. time frames they're saying. So, uh, but yeah, some neat stuff. Keep an eye on that. But uh, yeah, I think that'll end up doing it for the show this week. Uh, thank you to Brandon and Danner for joining. Always. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news and uh, interesting things to talk about as we get near the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you all next time. Have uh uh, we'll talk about uh, uh, what is out this next week. I, yeah, there's like a dragon. Yeah, like wealth. a dragon and uh, yeah, yeah. Tekken Eight, mm-hmm. uh, the Apollo Justice trilogy. Yep. Uh, for some stuff there, and then Grand Blue Fantasy Relink and Persona Three Reload mm-hmm. are the the week after that. So. Yep. Busy times. Yeah, mm. but uh, yeah. If you enjoy the show, if you let friends and family know, they should check it out and select strangers. Uh, they've also been dealing with the cold weather uh, mm-hmm. all week. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you have a good week ahead, and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.